I asked Jamie and David to share their testimonies on their behalf, but then they totally like put them on the spot and like, Grace, we love you. <laughs> uh, we did ask for permission before we shared those testimonies, so we did uh, get their approval. So don't feel like, oh man, they are totally put on the spot. They agreed to it, so yeah, that's what they get. And then, um, <laughs> man, it sounds like a lot of students came with like mad hunger, hungering for God and things like that. But let me tell you this. When I got up there Friday night about to preach, half of the students didn't want to be there. I could sense in the, in the spirituals. Wow, half of them were really literally dragged here. They just wanted to leave. Like they were not interested in listening to a sermon, you know. And I just knew, oh my. Like, what do I do here, you know? But then, you know, it's only Friday night and then just Saturday full day. And that's basically the whole retreat. Sunday morning, we woke up and then we just came here, you know? So just within that short, like, 30-something hours, God just broke, like, from, like, apathy. I'm not interested. I don't know if God is real or not, to all the crying eyes. Like, Saturday night, I'm telling you, there was not a single dry eye in the room. Even the boys. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Then this was the first retreat that I saw. Brothers were getting jacked up. They were getting messed up. Like crying like babies. I don't know all the students, but I heard one of the brothers uh, kept on saying before the retreat, oh, I think to the staff, I think you guys are hyping it up too much. Oh, I don't know what this retreat is going to be all about, but I've been to a million retreats. Who's, who's that? Who's that? Kevin? Who's Kevin? I don't know you, but, you know, he, I heard, was one of the cry ones. <laughs> and God was just totally just breaking him down in a, in a most good way, you know? And, um, totally just got brought it. And telling you, Friday night, we really didn't expect it, but then we just shifted on the students, you know? Man, we declare before we see it, we believe it. We just really interceded and just asked for it. And then, what we sensed was God's heart for them. Like, you're not begging for this right now. Like, you get my heart and pray that heart, you know, over the students. And we just realized, man, God loves them too much to let them go like that, you know. And just God just totally brought it. Praise to the Lord. So let's bring him on. Clap offering one more time. Thank you, Lord. It's beautiful. And uh, to all the Emir students, you guys experienced a little bit of freedom last night. Uh, you guys are all jumping up and down. I got like a... Workout of the year, like we're all out of breath, all this, you know, all the staff, all the students are having so much fun at night. And I was just worshiping and jumping up and down, but that freedom you tasted, it's just, uh, just the beginning. So you gotta realize, man, you gotta commit to this community. I mean, one big part of the retreat was actually, um, the break, breakthrough point was Pastor Aaron called all the students to go to the staff and one of the volunteer staff to confess their sins. And some of the people, like a lot of them actually walked, like stood up and then confessed the stuff that they never told anyone before. Like sexual stuff. They never shared it with anyone before. And they were just confessing and they were just getting free from all those lies and false identities, you know? And um, totally, I mean, you guys have each other, all the students here, you guys have each other as witnesses. This community, you mean, you guys bonded hardcore through all the games and all the craziness, but there's a reason for that. So if you like what you tasted at the retreat, you got to commit to this community. And that's where you're going to grow with the Lord in your freedom. This is a journey. It's not an overnight thing, all right? So all the EMS students, I will see you when I preach there. All right. Today is April 1st. It's April Fool's Day, Manujar, whatever. I don't really care about that joke stuff. But April 1st, it's a really, really special day. And I feel like there's a reason why uh, Busan Seaside Campus right now is launching 
as we are speaking here, they are like about to start their service, and then there are so many new things that God is doing uh, at this hour. And um, our whole leadership, we have about 140 leaders in the house uh, through all three campuses, and then what we are doing in April is we, we are doing like a corporate fast. Yeah, like we're going to fast. All the leaders are called to fast. And the purpose of it, the theme of it is arise and shine. It's based on Isaiah 60. And all the leaders are called to fast either like one week or three day water fast or one week liquid fast. So we are going to fast and really uh, claim increase in our influence in our in, in the house of New Philly and also to seek God's face. So just for that purpose, we're going to just really consecrate this April and then we're going to just bring it to the Lord. And God is doing something so special, so special in this month. And then I'm just going to try to bring some revelation that I'm receiving to you guys through Isaiah 60, uh, verses 1 to 4. So I want you guys to turn there with me, Isaiah 60, 1 through 4. I'm going to take the odd verses. You guys take the even verses. Are you guys there? All right, let me begin. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Amen. So uh, let me read verse 2 again for you. It says this, Darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. If you watch news or read like a newspaper, a lot of times it's not that amusing or entertaining. Rather, it's very depressing. You read about murders. You read about suicide. Divorce rate, abortion rate going up. You read about all these Korean crazy crime cases. It's rather depressing. Now, you don't laugh about those articles. When you read it, you sigh. And there's frustration. Man, we've been praying for so long. It's not happening. There's nothing happening. And you sometimes get angry. And you sometimes be frustrated. You feel hopeless. Sometimes what you feel is despair. Man, this world is just so terrible so evil you know you hear about all these media suicide abortion all these terrible things that i mentioned but what i'm here to say is it shouldn't really surprise us the bible says clearly darkness will cover the earth and it's not just just darkness it's thick thick darkness and it warned us before that it's gonna cover the people it's gonna cover this land You know, if you really look at, like, media, if you are really into it, you see all these uh, crazy musicians like Lady Gaga. You know, she's about to have a concert in Korea April 27th, I heard. And she, I don't know what she's going to bring, like, all kinds of demonic stuff. You guys have heard that she does, like, blood sacrifice on the stage and all kinds of evil and weird, crazy stuff. And then people think it's Lady Gaga, you know. People think it's funky and cute and whatever, funny. But what's actually going on is thick, thick darkness. You know, and then, man, Psalm 37, this really 
explains everything that's going on in God's mind. Psalm 37, it says this, verse 1, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. And verse 9, it goes, For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. And goes on, verse 10, In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. You cannot find him. You know, it says that, verse 12, the wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. 13, but the Lord laughs at the wicked. For he sees that his day is coming. Everyone say, the Lord laughs at it. It is not surprising to God at all. The whole evil darkness that's going on, unrighteousness rampant, God is not surprised. He laughs at it. Oh, going on. <laughs> you know, imagine God sitting on his throne and just giving the cool smirk at Satan. Huh? You know, I'm really good at smirking. I do this all the time. But like, you guys, turn to your neighbor, give them a cool smirk, and then tell them God is not surprised. God's not surprised. I told you, cool smirk. It's got to look cool. Man, God's laughing at it. You know, nothing is new to him. The Bible says nothing under the sun is new. You know, he's seen all the evil, all the darkness, you know, just taking over the entire world. But God doesn't go, oh, that's, that's so dirty. Oh, that's so crazy. He does not do that like we do. Oh, my gosh, that's too much. God doesn't do that. He's not surprised at all. And he actually says, oh, my God. Anyway, that's exactly what happened at the retreat as well. I mean, we were kind of thinking, man, all these backsliding students, you know, they just kind of came from, from clubbing, you know. <laughs> they just came back from a bar, you know. A lot of students, we knew that they were hardcore just backsliding. And they were like, oh, man, they are just so deep in their sin. You know, they are not interested in God. Man, what do we do? But then God was saying, I'm not intimidated. I'm not intimidated by their backsliding. They're seeing what they've done. I don't care. Let me just break through that. And that was God was speaking. And then we were like, whoa, that's so true. We get intimidated by it because we are people. You know, we feel like, oh, man, the darkness is so, so thick. I can't really break through that. There's no room for that. But God is saying, man, my light, my glory, it just penetrate that. Let me just break through that. I don't even care if they're backsliding or what they're doing. That doesn't even affect and he's just determined, you know, let me just break through that. God is not surprised or intimidated by the sin or darkness in this world. In fact, darkness in this world right now, it's a setup. The darker the world gets, the brighter the glory will shine. The darker this world gets, the glory that it's going to come upon his people, it's going to get brighter. It's a total setup. When I went to Busan uh, to visit my family last month, I came back feeling very defeated. I'm just making myself really vulnerable. I'm just going to share about my family, unplanned. But it's okay. My parents don't speak English, so hopefully they don't <laughs> listen to this sermon. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like when I went to Busan and met my family, you know, I, I visit like two, three times a year. And I never noticed that the darkness upon my family was so thick. There's generational curses that's coming down. She has all kinds of weird diseases, diabetes. My mom suffers from that. And what I noticed was that, you know, when you are so close to someone, when you're like family, you don't realize, you don't realize how severely under the bondage they are. 
And I never knew that my mom was under such crazy lies and traumas and all those suffering. She was carrying the baggage like all her life. And I never really noticed that. And when I was interacting with my mom, I kind of finally sensed that, man, my mom needs deliverance. My mom's harassed by all these lies and demons. And I realized, man, I ministered to all these people, but like in my house, there's such thick darkness. You know, my, my, my dad loves drinking, alcoholic, no shame about it, but <laughs> you know, my dad loves smoking and all that coming down to my brother. And then like just living with my family for like three days, it just made me really feel defeated and just depressed. Man, such darkness. What do I do? You know, what do I do about my family? It's so good that New Philly is so on fire and I experienced all these things. But what do I do with my family? I kind of felt like, man, just God, can God do something about it? But then when I was praying into this, God just spoke to me. I can break through that. I'm not intimidated by your dad's alcoholism. I'm not intimidated by his smoking, smoke, whatever. I'm not intimidated. I can break through that. And God was just saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. My love is fire love. My love is furious love. Don't you dare think that my love is a weak love. It's all about roses and poems. I'm quoting Pastor Erin, by the way. <laughs> this is what she shared last night. But then it's not all about that. God's love is furious love. It's a powerful love. It's the love that breaks through whatever they are going through. And I just realized, man, I, I don't have to worry about them. It's a setup. I see crazy darkness on my family. It's a setup. My glory, God's glory upon me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break through that. It's set up. If you are going through something similar, you see such darkness at your workplace, you see such darkness in your family, upon your friends, you just got to say, declare, this is a setup. God's light is about to break through everything. Darkness is a setup. And verse 1, it says this. Verse 1, he says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon who? You. Verse 2, the Lord will arise upon who? You. And his glory will be seen upon who? Man, I need some more confidence in that. The glory of the Lord has risen upon who? Come on. Yeah, come on. I like that. It says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. You. Yeah, Peter, you. (laughs) I'm talking about you guys. I'm talking to you. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I'm here to say, you see all this darkness, and you are the solution. And you are the key. His glory has risen upon not anyone else. It's upon you. Exactly. You guys know the Moses' shining face story? He goes up to mountain Sinai and then he encounters the Lord in a face to face. He comes out of the, the 40 days of receiving the law and he comes out and his face is like shining. You know, he got that shining face going on and then, oh uh, yeah, his face is shining, right? <laughs> and then you, you gotta really get this. Moses is a person of an old covenant. You know, there was that veil between God's glory and him. I mean, obviously, yeah, he went to the mountain and saw him face to face. But then we also, because the veil is torn, it is gone. There's nothing blocking from you from, from the glory of God. 
So when you face him, your face also should be shining right now. You know, we just had an amazing worship session, like an amazing praise time. And you just, you are just beholding the glory of God. And let me tell you, all your faces are shining. Not because of your grease or anything, but it's like <laughs> glory of the Lord is upon you. And I see that. It's all over you guys. Greasy faces. <laughs> That's partly true too, you know. You guys got shiny faces. Turn to your neighbor and tell her you got some shiny face. Shiny face, come on. Sorry, all the oily skin people. <laughs> you know, I know my face is very shiny because I'm like sweating, but um, you know, we so often we pray, Lord, let your glory come. We sing, let your glory come. And we look around, where is your glory, God? Oh, let your glory come. And, but, duh, you can't really see because it's on your face. You know? And it's like above you right here. But I can't really see it, you know? Lord, let your glory come. And you got to kind of look into the mirror. Oh, yeah, that's right there, glory. You know, you got to look into the mirror and say, glory right there. It's above you. It's all over you. That's why you can't really see it. Because you are the answer. You are the key. You are people of God's glory. Then Busan's going down soon. It's my hometown. Woo! Jesus is going to come. <laughs> yeah, Busan is a chosen city. And I never knew that. Man, I can't, I can't contain my excitement right now i'm getting very emotional i came to this church i actually got saved in new philly seven years ago so this today like april 1st it's like my seventh year anniversary like being here right and um it's so crazy i mean when i look at you guys it's like this is my house welcome to my house that's how i feel but um seventh year anniversary and then god is opening a new new like new campus in my hometown god are you kidding me I still cannot believe. I think I got to see some pictures after the service to believe that. I mean, God's just so perfect in his plan. You know, when I actually, you know, I kind of felt like I abandoned my own hometown in, in a sense. You know, oh man, there's so much work to be done and I'm, you know, in Seoul enjoying my life. Sometimes felt bad. Man, my family there, you know, all the people there. But God loves them more than I do. And I just really felt like, man, seventh year, year of completion, I would just call it, you know? And just God's just, who knew? Like, English ministry will open up a new campus in Busan? Like, the city that doesn't even have that many foreigners? About 30,000. That's pretty a lot, though. Yeah, right? But, um, you know, who knew that God will open up a new campus in Busan? You know, I didn't plan that. I'm just really in awe of God's love for the city. But... Oh yeah, I'm about to talk about Busan team. We sent out 10 of our most brilliant, amazing leaders down there. And um, let me tell you, God, guys, they carry glory of God. Glory isn't just above Hillside Campus. They carry glory of God. It's all above them. And it's just only 10 of them, but when they move there, they just carry the glory right there. And then their house church is just on fire. You know, it's God's glory all over the place. You know, they don't even have a drum. They just drum guitar, you know, whatever. But it doesn't even matter because they carry the glory of the Lord. And, man, Busan is pretty dark. It's a city of violence, bitterness, unforgiveness, all kinds of strongholds, bondages are there. But let me tell you, they are the answers. They are the keys. And I do believe those 10 people, those 10 people carrying God's glory down to the city, it's going to change everything. I am so confident that my city is going to be different now. 
man, it's going to be so good. You guys are the answers. Glory is upon you. And then let's go to verse 3. Verse 3 and 4. It says this, The nation shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Verse 4, Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. I don't know why hip, but it just means that they are carried into the place. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. You guys look around right now. The sanctuary. Look around. Look around. The good looking faces. Look around. Do you guys sense that all the nations are gathered here? Come on. Like all the nations are gathered here. Some Europeans here. Some people from like Africa, like Togo, Togonese, Togolese. I always forget this. <laughs> Forgive me, but like people from Africa, people from all over Asia, all the Americans, and uh, you know, like the nations are gathered here. I know this passage is talking about Israel, but let me just put it into our context where we are at right now. Nations are gathered here, and it's so interesting. If you just look at Yonsei University and all their uh, exchange students, they are literally from all over the place. They're from like Turkey. They're from like. All, kind, all kinds of countries that I don't know about, <laughs> you know? And uh, they are all gathered in this tiny little nation, Korea. I mean, how can you even find this nation on the map? You know, it's like so small. You know, I talked about uh, how God gathering all these foreigners and all these quote-unquote aliens into this nation uh, at um, March joint prayer meeting. So if you missed out on the message, I highly, highly recommend that you listen to it. It's pretty good. Uh, it's called, For God So Loved Korea. And I'm not going to repeat that uh, repeat that sermon right now. But it's a good message. Listen to it. And uh, God's going to speak to you. If you're an uh, expat like, living in this nation, and also Korean natives too, there's a purpose. There's a reason why you guys are all here. And um, nations are gathering together. And I felt like today, this morning, God was really highlighting the youth of this nation to me. I mean, it's not a coincidence that uh, the, the praise team, Undignified, you know, their, their target audience is college students. You know, he's Ababio. Uh, he serves with our KCCC ministry. So they do like college ministry. And then the target audience is the youth, right? And then it's not a coincidence that we just got back from Emmaus Retreat, you know, the college students. And uh, according to past Christian's definition of youth, it's age 13 to 18. It's too, I think it's too little. So since I got the mic, I'm just going to say, <laughs> my definition of youth is uh, 13 to 25, because I'm 25. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you made it. <laughs> you know, I, I have six weeks left to enjoy my youth, all right? But uh, I would say age 13 to about 25 is a post-college. Did I stretch it too far? Maybe 24. But, um, <laughs> you know, like 13 to like early 20s, I think that's like the, the target group, the youth. So impressionable, so moldable, you know. It's so easy to minister to them, you know. And um, I told you guys earlier about the fast, but then one of the things that we're going to really pray into is the youth of this nation. Um. You know, what happened in Emmaus Retreat, what we just experienced with Undignified, God is really highlighting the youth. Mm -hmm. And then 
Guys, think about this generation. Pastor John Michael uh, spoke about this at the retreat and then just really brought so much revelation. Think about this generation. So different than pr- previous, any generations in the history. Number one, they know how to network. That's huge. Like, long time ago, even my parents' generation, if they were born in Busan, they live in Busan. They don't leave Busan. They get married in Busan. They have kids in Busan. That's why I was born in Busan, right? So they... That's their neighborhood. That's it. Their friends are just, they all go to the same school. That's all they do. That's just network. But then think about our generation, us, youth, right? If you have Facebook, consider yourself as a youth, all right? That's fine. <laughs> you know, if you have Facebook, you can connect with, network with all kinds of people from all over the world. How many of you here have more than a thousand friends on Facebook? Raise your hands. Oh, yeah, you. <laughs> all right, Jamie, you. <laughs> All right, anyone have one, uh, 1,500, 1,500 or more? Oh, man, I see more. 2,000? What? 2,000? All right, Danny. All right, Danny. Man, you're popular. So, you know, I know you, a lot of you have at least like 200 friends. You know, I have about like 700 something, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of people have like more than 1,000 friends. And that's crazy networking. You know, whatever city you visit, you most likely will be able to find like a mutual friend. Oh, so-and-so introduced me to so-and-so. So if I go to like, like a nation like Togo, let's say, you know, I will stay at like a Jesus relative's house, you know? This is a generation that knows how to network and connect with the entire world, right? And just think about YouTube. You can watch what God is doing all over the world. I mean, back in the days, my parents' generation, you know, they, I heard, I heard that my dad said there was only one TV in, in his village, entire, entire village. So they would gather together and then they would eat dinner together and watch like TV news together. Isn't that kind of cute though? You know, that little community, black and white TV, you know, but then our generation, it's different. You watch TV on your phone, you know, you watch YouTube videos all the time. Like I do, you know, if you think about YouTube, all right, let me ask you guys this. How many of you in this room know who Sonia and Janice are? J.S. Lee. Raise your hands if you know them, if you heard of them. Like more than half of the room know them, right? They're just twin girls. They're my age. Uh, I met them in Australia when I went on a mission trip uh, down to Australia. And then they were just worship team singer and uh I don't know, they were just one of the kids there, right? And then we ministered to them, we just prophesied over them, we just really uh, brought the fire to the church. And then, little did I know, I didn't know that they were that famous, but then, like, they just blew up after that point. And now, like, I, you know, I get new Facebook friends on Facebook, and then they all like their pages. And they all, like, post up their videos on the wall, you know? I feel feel like, oh, man, I know some famous people, (laughs) you know? And I just want, you know... Hi, Janice. <laughs> you remember me, you know, trying to network with them, whatever. But um, no shame. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> YouTube is amazing. You can watch and see what God is doing all over the world, you know. Even if you are, like, in a ghetto country in Africa, you still know about Sonia and Janice. You know, sorry, I'm talking in Africa too much today. <laughs> sorry. You know, think about that though. Think about the, the, the ability that you guys have. You know, previous generations did not have that. You know? This generation is special. And John Michael brought this point. You know, if you were born into a carpenter family, you know, back in the days, you were a carpenter. You know, if your mom is a mom, 
if your dad is a butcher, <laughs> you know, you are a butcher, you know, like Korea in like, you know, in like Jesus's time as well. I mean, a lot of, you know, I heard a lot of American last names. It comes from their job. You don't know, like Smith. What, what, what is Smith? Blacksmith or something, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> but like, I just heard that a lot of the last names come from their family job because it passes down to generations. But now think about that. Who does that? You know, maybe my dad owns a bakery. I could be a baker, you know. Baker is the last name too, right? But like, not really anymore. This generation has freedom to dream. Anything that they want to be, regardless of your parents' generation, you have freedom to dream. You have freedom to dream about something else, you know? And that, that privilege wasn't given to every generation. It's just given to us. We're starting point of that. You know, how, how much of a great privilege is that? You know, my dad fixes car. I don't have to fix car, you know? <laughs> you know, it's a great privilege, you know? And think about this amazing generation that's able to see, that's able to connect and network, that's able to dream freely. If this generation wakes up to their destiny, it's game over. If they awake to God's calling upon their lives, it's game over. And we tell you, Satan is afraid of that. He's scared to death that this generation will be awakened to their calling. And he's doing anything and everything to kill this generation off. And you feel like you young people here, you may a student, you feel like you've been targeted by the enemy a lot. There's a reason why. Because you guys are just so special. And God is doing something so unique in this generation. It's because if you wake up, it's game over. That's why Satan has been targeting you so badly. I mean, more than anything else, guys, what I learned um, through the staff at the retreat, I keep talking about retreat because it was so awesome, but um, what I really learned and really um, loved about this retreat was we knew how to celebrate the, the youth. We really celebrated uh, all these college students. It's not just tolerating them, their behavior, their goofiness, you know, their craziness, and their sleeplessness at night, you know. <laughs> but um, really like celebrating them, you know. You're calling. You have so much gold inside of you. There's like so many gemstones in you. We see that. You know, we don't have to really tell them how jacked up they are because they know it. They already know. You don't have to tell them, you are messed up. You are a sinner. You need to repent. They all know it. They heard it growing up so much. You don't have to remind them. They all know it. But you know what? We need to rise up and tell them, you are gold. I see destiny in you. You know, I see great calling upon your life and you got to call it forth. I mean, we got to graduate from uh, you're a sinner talk. And you got to tell them, man, God has a plan for you. He wants you to be revealed. God has a plan for you. You're a gold. You're amazing. We got to start talking like that. We need to learn how to celebrate the youth. I know a bunch of, you know, like middle school, high school, Students, you know, they gather and they're doing their kimchi squat and smoking at the corner of, you know, whatever, back alley. You guys ever seen that in Korea? It's really scary. I always get scared when I, when I like, walk by them. I just feel like they're going to, like, jump on me and do something, you know? I mean, it kind of comes from my trauma, too. But, you know, a lot of times, like, oh, you look at them and, like, oh, this just like, you just want to, like, oh. What are they doing, you know? They need to mature, they need to grow up. But like, rather than that, we need to really learn how to celebrate what they have. 
celebrate them, you know? I think I just learned so much about that at the retreat through the staff and how they look at the students. You guys are not projects, you know that? I mean, just because we told you we've been praying into you, fasting for you, that doesn't mean that you guys are our project, like a stuff to fix. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to just dust you off so that the gold that's hidden inside of you will be revealed. We celebrate your life, Emmaus. Seriously, we're so, so glad that you guys are here. Mm. And um, I'm just going to close with this. <laughs> I mean it. I'm not Pastor Christian. I don't repeat that. I'm going to close with this. Five minutes. I'm, I'm punctual. <laughs> you know, I just got five minutes, son. I'll hold on to that. All right. I saw that. He's not here, so just, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so many people in this room, I know you guys are teachers. You guys are teachers, right? A lot of you. Teachers, raise your hands. Yeah, so many teachers. All right, all the tutors and, you know, most of the people here. They are somehow involved in education mountain, education system. And um, if you really think about Korean education system, first thing that comes to your mind probably is, oh, Korean education system needs to change. It's so bad. And it's all about competition. It's all about keeping the kids at school until midnight and then send them to Hagwon till like 2 a.m., you know, and then they just drop by home to change, you know, and then they leave. Education, education. This nation is crazy about education. But um, I think... What's going to happen is God's people have to recognize that education system is important. And it's something that was meant for our good, for the good of this nation. And Satan knew it so well that he started distorting it, twisting it. He started ruining it. And what we have left in our hands is an uh, uh, education system that's, that's just so terrible right now. You know, I went to all the public schools. I went to, like, you know, like, foreign language high school that, like, makes you study, like, literally 18 hours a day. Um, I lived like that for three years. You know, you got to cut down your sleeping time, eating time, and everything. All you do is just study, 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 study. You're like a studying machine. And you cannot dream. You know, we're, for, we're forbidden to dream. You know, you just go to a good school, good department. Your parents or your teacher will tell you what to do which department to go to, and your students, basically, they're paralyzed. They cannot dream. But, but in reaction to that, are we going to throw away the education system? No, education is so key. Like if you go to poor Asian countries, infrastructure, the, the foundation of it is education. Education is so, so key. And I do believe that all of you carrying God's glory if you see the darkness in the education mountain, you got to go do something about it. Don't look around and see, man, it's so thick, such thick darkness. But you got to recognize the glory that is upon you. And then you got to start, rise up and shine in the places that God has sent you. Education, education, oh, it's so terrible. I mean, we've said that enough. And that doesn't change anything. You know, what? can start revolution is you because you are the answer. And, you know, recognize God's vision in that. I mean, Emmaus students were blasted. They were so transformed. It's so good. But then is that the vision? Just to see them transformed and healed and delivered. Wow, that's so awesome, wonderful. 
that itself isn't the vision. Our vision, vision of this house is to raise up mighty warriors. So them being, you know, set free and all that, it's great. It's amazing. But that we are not going to stop there. You know, you guys are healed and delivered and transformed so that you guys will go out and do the same thing to other people. I don't know where I'm taking this right now, but you guys are my warriors. <laughs> All right, let's pray. I'm going to close. <laughs> let's pray. If I could have the undignified team and then finish us with the song, but then before they start, I want us to just to pray together. I just feel glad to pray for the um, youth of this nation today. I know a lot of us, about more than half of this room, are leaders of this house. And um, you guys are going to join in this April Fest, right? <laughs> so I want all the leaders to stand up. If you are participating in this fast uh, going on in April, all the leaders to stand up. And then as we go into this month uh, fasting and really seeking God's face, I want us to recognize that there is His glory upon us. We're not begging for God to reveal His glory. It's already upon you. And I feel like we are truly the solution and the key. I mean, what Pastor Benjamin told Christian is so right on. He said, we are the key, we are the answers. Because we are the ones with promises. We are the ones that's anointed. We're the ones that have received the promise of increase. And Satan doesn't have that. Lady Gaga doesn't have the promise. We have that. And I just feel like the glory that we carry already, that's the answer to all these problems that we see. And I want us to rise up in it. I'm just going to make a call. Um, if you are a non-leader that's seated down, but if you feel led to join in this fast in any form, I want you to also stand up. If you feel led to pray for the youth of this nation and increase of our influence in this nation over the youth, I just want you to join and just stand with them. I'm mean, not going to check up on it or anything, but it's just between you and the Lord. We're going to pray together. We're just going to take a short time to cry out for this young generation. They are desperate. They're hungry. They just don't know that yet. They just don't know that, that they have access to this glory. And they just, don't, just haven't tasted it yet. And I really believe as you guys go with unveiled faces, it's going to happen. You know, the only person that could veil your face is you. You know, only person that can block the glory from being seen only you could do that. And I want you guys to take off the veil right now. And I want you to go into your workplaces with unveiled faces, shining faces. And I want you to be the glory in wherever you are at. So we're going to pray for the youth. And I want us to start this special month of April like determined. Man, we're going to go shine. We're going to go show them the glory that is available upon us. Uh, yeah, let's pray, guys. Let's pray.